Ready? Our evening began in Peter Seychelles' comfortable study in his New York townhouse. My name is Jim Shear, and welcome to the official, unofficial Beastie Boys podcast known as the Brouhaha. On today's episode, I will be counting down my least favorite Beastie Boys songs. Now, I'm not saying I hate these songs. These are just my least favorite Beastie Boys songs. And I think it's good to do an episode like this every so often because it lets people know that although I am a beastie nut, there's a reason why I love them. I can look at things objectively. And looking back at Brouhaha episodes, I think it was episode nine, I counted down my top 10 disappointing Beastie Boys moments. So it's been a while since we've done an episode like this, but it's a good exercise in objectivity. But before we get to my top 10 least favorite Beastie Boys songs, I want to tell you about a a news item that's been going around the web the last couple of weeks. Maybe you read about this. Reality star Stephanie Motto made $200,000 selling farts in a jar on the internet. Did you did you catch all that? Reality star farting into a jar, selling them to other people, and she made over $200,000. Now, I don't know what your exact reaction is to this story, but mine goes back a while. To the early 1960s, my dad and his brothers growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, and this idea probably started with my Uncle Jack, because he was the ringleader, they would fart into brown paper bags, take them out street side, like a, a kid would with a lemonade stand, and they would sell their farts. And they also had different flavors. I only remember a couple. There was onion, and then I think their top seller. And I don't know how many of these they sold. I would be surprised if they sold one. But their favorite flavor was Venezuelan Red Ranch. And when I was younger, my dad told me the story. He was kind of like half proud, half embarrassed. And then when I got older and I wanted to explore this further, nobody wanted to talk about it. I remember putting together a video for my parents' 40th wedding anniversary, and I interviewed my grandmother about this. And at first, she didn't want to talk about it, but then I I got her warmed up, and then she went full throttle. She told me about the flavors, what they did, how embarrassing it was. Years later, though, when I find out that a reality star is making over $200,000 for selling farts in a jar, my dad and his brothers, they were pioneers. They could have started a new industry. 
They were doing this decades ago. So I'm a little frustrated hearing about that story this week because my dad and his brothers were doing that in the early 1960s. So before we get to my top 10 least favorite Beastie Boy songs, and don't you think that was a nice news story for this episode? Like if we were talking about the the 50th anniversary of a Beastie Boys album, we wouldn't touch that farts in a jar story. But when we're talking about our least favorite Beastie Boys songs, a story like that, I think, is appropriate to kick off an episode like this. Uh, Anyway, before we get to the list, it is time for the scoop. Better believe it, y'all. And we do this on the brouhaha to talk about the latest beastie happenings. Unfortunately, at the moment, there aren't any, at least that I know about. But because it's been a while since I've done the brouhaha consistently, we missed out on a couple of scoop items. Let's quickly go back to 2020. Height of the pandemic. Height of the quarantine, everything shut down, ESPN decides to premiere early their brand new 10-part documentary series about the 1990s Chicago Bulls. Everybody was watching it. Everyone fell in love because basically at that point in time, that was the only new content we had. Keep in mind, there were no concerts. There were no sports. Everything was shut down. We had something new. So I'm watching this, and I think it was like, what, every Sunday night, they would air two parts of this docuseries. So there's an episode in the second half of the Chicago Bulls run, because, you know, they won three, and then Michael Jordan went off to play baseball, and then they won another three. But when Dennis Rodman joins the Bulls, they have a whole section on him in the documentary, and they begin playing the maestro. And I got to tell you, I got goosebumps because it was like a a maestro music video. It was beautiful. And I loved that they picked a deep track from Check Your Head. They didn't go with So What You Want or Pass the Mic. They went with the maestro and it was perfect. So last year, I'm watching another ESPN film, the 30 for 30 Once Upon a Time in Queens the four-part series documenting the 1986 New York Mets. So while I'm watching the series, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, ESPN did use a Beastie Boys song in the Chicago Bulls documentary. Why wouldn't they use one in this Mets documentary? And I was doing the math in my head, 1986, come on now. Beastie Boys put out license to ill in 1986. This is Perfect. And when you open up License to Ill, that huge gatefold, they're in front of the giant globe in Corona Flushing Meadows Park. Adrock's wearing a New York Mets hat. I mean, this 30 for 30 film has to have some Beastie Boys, right? So 19 minutes in, in part three, the New York Mets clinch the pennant. They beat the Chicago Cubs at Shea Stadium, and as the last out is recorded, thousands 
upon thousands of people storm the field. They're ripping up the grass. They're trying to yank out home plate. They're ripping hats off of players' heads. And then I heard the opening track from License to Ill play, Ryman and Steelin. And I got to tell you, this played out like the Ryman and Steelin music video that was never made. Now, I know there was one on the License to Ill VHS, that live-esque performance of Ryman and Steelin. But when you watch this on the 30 for 30 documentary, it plays out perfectly like a music video. Let me play it for you right now. Obviously, you can't see anything because this is a podcast, but use your imagination. The fans are storming the field. If I would have made an error on that play, there would have been 10,000 people that were already on the field that would have killed me. kid came up and grabbed my glove and tried to take my glove. And I looked at him and I went, and he went, oh, 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 okay, okay. When I was standing out in the left field bullpen with Lee Smith, here come 10,000 people onto the field. Bodies rolling down on top of the screen above us. That's the only time I really was afraid of New York. And I remember seeing this scrum, 10 or 12 guys, and they're, they're around one guy. They had freaking home plate. This much concrete at the bottom of it, they tore it out of the ground. was gone on the field and they had these patches and me and Lee Smith just looked at each other and said New York New York I'm telling you what the anarchy that was happening at Shea Stadium was on level with the anarchy that was happening at Beastie Boy shows in 1986. I'm not justifying anyone's actions, but the music they picked was perfect for this montage. So then later on in part three, the Mets beat the Astros in a legendary game six in the National League Championship Series. Goes 16 innings. The Mets win seven to six. So on their flight from Houston to New York, They trash everything. Sounds like the Beastie Boys, right? In 1986. And even that jumbo jet brings to mind visions of the album cover for License to Ill. So the plane lands and there are thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of damage to this airplane. So the airline company goes to the New York Mets owner and they said, hey, you're paying for this. And then the New York Mets owner goes to the players and he says, you're paying for this. Mookie Wilson said, we're not paying for anything. And I think Davey Johnson, the manager of the Mets, was able to talk his way out of it. 
I mean, think about it. We do live in a culture of ego and celebrity. So if you have a baseball team that's going to the World Series, that's going to make you a bunch of money, you can probably talk your way out of paying for damages on an airplane. So as this segment unfolds in the documentary, me, you, and a bunch of other people are probably thinking the same thing. You've got to drop a Beastie Boys song here. And we all know the perfect song to play. ESPN went with this one right here. Davey Johnson is standing in front of the team with the bill, telling the team, listen to me, you ruined the plane. And the organization says we, the players and coaches, have to pay. He said, but you know what? We're about to win a World Series, and we're going to make them a load of money. Davey Johnson ripped up this check. Hey, we ain't paying for nothing. We're going to the World Series. I know you guys didn't do it. I know it had to be your wife. Their behavior was disgusting. You know, there's no way around that. If they had not been winning, I don't know that they would have gotten away with it. But winning cures a lot of sin. You wake up late for school, man, you don't want to go! Nothing matches the excitement of a World Series. But she still said no! Beautiful back. A giant full moon looking on at every seat taken at Shea Stadium. And now, the starting lineup for your National League champion, New York Mets. They won 108 games. And, and to me, they had vanquished the monster. What can go wrong? I mean, you, you had to play that song, right? You're talking about the 1986 Mets. You've got the 1986 Beastie Boys. They share a lot of similarities. There you go. Fight for your right to party. I got two Beastie Boy songs for the price of one in part three of the 30 for 30 documentary, Once Upon a Time in Queens. There you go. And you all know that Ad-Rock is a big New York Mets fan, as well as Say Adams. So with that, let us take a break. And when we come back on the brouhaha, I will count down my top 10 least favorite, once again, least favorite Beastie Boy songs. With the festive season upon us, Rothbard News is taking a look back at some of the highlights of 1987. This was the year when rap gained public appreciation and came out of the ghettos and into your homes. One rap group you probably wouldn't want in your home are the Beastie Boys. They toured Europe with Run DMC and caused Volkswagen owners everywhere to lock up not only their daughters, but their cars as well. When the Beasties hit London, we went down to check out what all the fuss was about. The brew. <laughs> we are back on the brew ha ha. This could be a controversial episode. It begins by me talking about selling farts in a jar. And then I go into my top 10 least favorite Beastie Boy songs. And I'm doing this. Just to let you know that I can be objective about the Beastie Boys. But what I love about these types of lists is that my number seven could be one of your favorite Beastie Boy songs of all time. And I love having these conversations. So if you feel like my list sucks, or if you disagree with my list... Let me know because these are the conversations that I love having. Why do you like a song? 
That's one of my least favorite Beastie Boys songs. And on the other hand, you could make a list. You may say, I hate The Blue Nun. And I'm like, you know what? The Blue Nun is actually one of my top 50 Beastie Boys songs of all time. Good conversations to have. Doesn't have to get nasty. Doesn't have to get ugly. We can talk about it. Now, what if I read off my top 10 least favorite Beastie Boys songs and you are nodding in approvement the entire time? Well, then, <laughs> me and you can be BFFs. All right. Anyway, let's, let's get into this. I did create some parameters. So the songs eligible for this list had to be released on a proper Beastie Boys studio album. You know, when you are putting together a studio album as a musician, you are putting your best songs on there. Now, albeit most musicians usually put like 10 or 12 songs on an album, the Beastie Boys would jam pack their albums with over 20 songs, but it's the cream of the crop. The stuff that doesn't belong on the album, that is either an outtake or you use that as a B-side. You put it on a maxi single. Before I get to this list, I want you to know that these aren't songs I necessarily hate. They're just my least favorite Beastie Boys songs. So if I'm on a long car ride and I'm listening to a Beastie Boys album, there's a chance that I may skip over these tracks. But I do want you to know that I've given these tracks years and years of my life. If I don't like a Beastie Boys song right away, I'll put it to the side. I'll come back to it a day later. Maybe I'll come back to it a couple weeks later, a couple years later. I'm like, why don't I like this? Why isn't it clicking with me? And sometimes it just doesn't click. All right, uh, enough of me trying to talk this list down. Let's just get to it. So here are my top 10 least favorite Beastie Boys songs of all time. At number 10, and if you think about it, this song almost didn't make the list. I almost didn't talk about this one, but it is on the list. So my 10th least favorite Beastie Boy song of all time is Picture This from Hello Nasty. I don't hate this song, but I will be honest. Uh, a lot of times, I don't know why it was this album, but a lot of times on long flights, I would listen to Hello Nasty. And when this song came on, I was just like, all right, let's, let's just, let's get to the next one. It's a nice song. I think this would have played better as a B-side, but as a proper studio album cut, mm, it's kind of filler. Love Hello Nasty. Even in the Beastie Boys book, Ad-Rock said that Hello Nasty is the best Beastie Boys album. I think they could have trimmed a little bit of fat off of Hello Nasty to make it even tighter. So once again, I don't hate Picture This, but it is one of my least favorite Beastie Boys songs. It has never made a mixtape, and sometimes when I'm listening to Hello Nasty, I will skip it. All right, this, I feel like this is going to be controversial. My number nine least 
favorite Beastie Boys song. It's a song off of Paul's Boutique. Now calm down, everybody. I know all of you say, oh, Paul's Boutique's a masterpiece. You can't touch that. Every song is genius. You're, you're almost right. And keep in mind, you're talking to the guy who loved Paul's Boutique from day one. I didn't hate it and then appreciate it six, seven years later. So I have the right to make this pick. I think Paul's Boutique is an all-time great album. But this track never did it for me. Three minute roll. I mean, the first half of Paul's Boutique, when I listened to that the first time, it was insane. To all the girls, Ramps up to Shake Your Rump, Johnny Rael, Eggman, High Plains Drifter, The Sounds of Science? I'm getting goosebumps just reading the track listing, and then you have the three-minute roll. So it's like the Beastie Boys bring you to this all-time high, and then eh, they just drop you for a second, but then after three-minute roll, you get Hey Ladies. So just imagine... If the Beastie Boys are putting together Paul's Boutique and they eliminate Three Minute Roll. Now, I know some of you may argue that albums have ebb and flows, so you kind of need to bring people down before you bring them back up. But I think albums also have momentum. And there are songs that kill momentum in an album. And for whatever reason, Three Minute Roll never did it for me. All right, now we go to number eight. And I've had discussions with the Beastie community, and even reading the Beastie Boys book, it's kind of understood that To the Five Burrows is not a crowning masterpiece from the Beastie Boys. I still love To the Five Burrows. And yet you may hate on the album as a whole, but you can't argue with its singles. This one, eh. This one would have been fun if the Beastie Boys never released it, and then 30 years later, we caught wind of it. This would have been a great mystery track, but for me, it was always sort of a, a mediocre studio cut. At number eight, Crawl Space. No, I'm not Herman Munster. No, Doc. I'll go by the name of the King and Rock. So here's a match. My ass in your face. Listen when I tell you, dog. I'm in your Crawl Space. Crawl Space. Crawl Space. Crawl you know, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I, I, I never bump Crawl Space. Let's just move on to number seven. Amazingly, there's only one track from the mix-up that made this list. Because I know for some of you, the mix-up may make up this entire list. Or there may be four or five songs from the mix-up. Only one mix-up song on my least favorite Beastie Boy songs list. It is one that just kind of fell flat for me. The others didn't, because I used to host various web shows, and I would use mix-up instrumentals as the bed music on these web shows. Never use this one as bed music. My number seven least favorite Beastie Boy song of all time, Dramastically Different.
So let's go to number six on my list of least favorite Beastie Boy songs. This one comes off of Ill Communication, all-time great album, but still, there was a little, I think, that could have been trimmed from it. I mean, there are times where I listen to Ill Communication front to back. There are other times when I'll skip through tracks. I have definitely skipped through this one at number six, The Update. You know, we all know that Adam Yauch felt like he needed to say more on an album, so he would put together these solo tracks. He put out two on Ill Communication, Bodhisattva Vow, and The Update. Like the former, not super crazy about the latter. So let's take a break as I count down my least favorite Beastie Boy songs of all time. When we come back, I'll give you my top five. Ready? And on the cool check-in, center stage on the mic, and we're putting it on wax, it's the new style. Yeah. Made the rise, you clear. Yeah, I don't hang out with those guys. Man, I ain't got nothing to do with those dudes. It's a trip. It's got a funky beat. I can walk out there. There's a really great show last night down in downtown somewhere. You're wild, man. Are you still listening? Do you hate me yet? Don't hate me! This is a good exercise. There should be a reason why you love certain things or people or bands or music acts, albums, songs. Don't just love it to love it. Don't be blind about it. Have a reason for it. So once again, I am counting down my top 10 least favorite Beastie Boy songs of all time. At number 10, Picture This from Hello Nasty. At number 9, The Three Minute Roll from Paul's Boutique. At number 8, Crawl Space from To The Five Burrows. At number 7, Dramastically Different from The Mix Up. And at number 6, The Update from Ill Communication. That brings us to our top 5. Another album cut. From Two the Five Burrows, when I was working at MTV2, we had a show called Video Mods, where we would have bands and sort of digitize them to look like video game characters, and then we would put together a music video. So the Beastie Boys did a video mod for this song, and I was a little disappointed, not because of the video that we put together, but I thought, eh, not my favorite Beastie Boys song. It almost feels like a lesser version of Past the Mic. So my number five least favorite Beastie Boy song of all time, Oh Word. Oh Word. You know, like, past the mic doesn't have a hook either, but it can get away with it because it's so good. I think this needed a hook. And yes, you could say that oh word is the hook. So if you consider that the hook, then it's not a strong hook. 
Let's go to number four. This is a song that I have referenced often on the brouhaha. So if you've listened over the last 12 years, you know that I'm not a huge fan of this song. I'll talk about a great Beastie Boy song and usually compare it to this song, saying, yes, you've got the good ones, and then you've got the not-so-great ones like this, Slow Ride from License to Ill. This song would have finished higher on the list were it not for this section right here. Still love, still love this part of the song. Uh, skip to 139. I got money, I got juice, I got to the body and I got loose. That's good. We, we needed more stuff like that in Slow Ride. And that brings us to number three. Maybe my most controversial pick on the entire list. The only Beastie Boys single to make this list. And I have given this song over 10 years of my life, and I'm still not feeling it. Comes off of Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. Even before it was released on the studio album, don't forget that the Beastie Boys released it as a single. And you you may see where I'm going with this. So the Beastie Boys put it out as a single. There was some reaction online, and I don't know if the Beastie Boys heard that reaction, but Yauk secretly goes to the studio, tweaks the whole track. Mike D and Ad-Rock are like, what the heck did you just do? Like, you, you can't do that. You can't overhaul a song without telling us. So they put out the new version on the album, and it still doesn't do it for me. Most of the songs on Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 are three and a half minutes long. This one's five minutes. And when I listen to Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, sometimes it feels like 18 minutes. And maybe that was the Beastie Boys' intent. Because you know those old school hip-hop songs? They could go on forever. This one has never done it for me. Maybe one day... The right remix will happen, and I will fall in love with it. But right now, it's my third least favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. And it even has a great feature on it. Like, on paper, this should have been one of the best Beastie Boys songs of all time. At number three, Too Many Rappers featuring Nas. How many rappers must get this? Give me eight bars and watch me bless this. I start to reminisce. If it makes you feel any better, for a while this was number one on my list, and I thought, no, that's unfair. It's not my least favorite. Like I, I think about this song all the time. Like the Beastie Boys put so much effort into this. There were two versions. The fact that they got Nas to be on the track. Like, they did everything right, but it just didn't click, or it doesn't click for me. And I attribute it to the Beastie Boys thinking too much about it. When are the Beastie Boys being their best? When they're the Beastie Boys. 
Sometimes their best work is the stuff that just comes together. I'll give you an example. And once again, these are only my thoughts. If you disagree, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Jim Shear. You can also email me at beastiepodcast at gmail.com. So once upon a time, I interviewed Green Day. And I was excited to interview Green Day because I'm a huge fan of the 1990s. And I think they are one of the definitive acts from the 1990s. So I wanted to make it the best interview ever. I wanted it to feel important. So I asked all of these serious questions, these big questions. And that wasn't me. Like, I'm goofy. I'm a little unpolished. I sort of ask stupid questions. So I go into this interview overthinking it, and the whole thing fell flat. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't necessarily interesting TV. So when I watched it back, I thought, oh, man, like, I was trying to make it, like, too serious, like, more than it needed to be. I should have just played my own game. So the next time I interviewed Green Day, I was goofy, sloppy, asked the questions that I usually ask, and it was a thousand times better. So I think that's what the Beastie Boys did with too many rappers. They just overthought it. It wasn't beastie enough, or at least to me. And I'm not going to lie to you, sometimes I'm disappointed at myself for not liking this song more. I'll listen to Hot Sauce Committee every so often, and I'll psych myself up and I'll say, all right, this this is going to be the time where too many rappers clicks for me. And then it's like two minutes in and I'm like, nah, like this, this song is taking forever. So that's my number three. Let's move on to my number two. Another track from Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, Tadlock's Glasses. So we, we all know the story of Tadlock's Glasses. Tadlock was a a driver for Elvis Presley. Elvis gives everyone these glasses except Tadlock. He feels disheartened, and then the king finally gives him a pair of glasses. And then Tadlock ends up riding a tour bus for the Beastie Boys years later. So when you hear that story, you think, oh, like Tadlock's glasses is going to be a song like Johnny Royale. It's not. It's that. What, What is that? And the crazy thing is, I remember when Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 came out, people said, oh, Tadlock's Glasses is like one of my favorite songs on the album. And I said, what? What? Like, I don't even think of it as a track. I almost think of it as a transitional interlude. So no diss to Tadlock. No diss to Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. But the track, Tadlock's Glasses, not one of my favorites. It's actually number two on my list, which brings us to my least favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. I have also mentioned this song several times on the Brouhaha. For example, when I was speaking with Evan Bernard, I said, damn, not only did you get shouted out on a Beastie Boys song, but you got shouted out 
on an all-time great Beastie Boy song, Get It Together. Now, it's a dream of mine to get shouted out on a Beastie Boy song. And beggars can't be choosers. So if I was shouted out on the following track, I would be ecstatic. But I think, I think in the deep, deep recesses of my brain, I'd be slightly jealous that I wasn't shouted out on a better Beastie Boy song like Evan Bernard was. So my least favorite Beastie Boy song of all time, another MCA solo track from Hello Nasty, one that just never did it for me, Flowin' Pros. Doesn't go anywhere. And Hello Nasty's already a long album. Like back in 1998, if the Beastie Boys sat down and said, you know what, let's trim three or four tracks off this album, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. That would be a B-side. But the Beastie Boys did put it on a studio album, which made it eligible for this list. And today, I am naming it as my least favorite Beastie Boy song of all time, Flowin' Pros. So there you go. That will end another episode of The Brouhaha. If you have any opinions on this list, feel free to start up a conversation with me. Reach out to me on social media. I am at Jim Shear. Or you can stay off the grid and email me at beastiepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for making it this deep into the episode. Until next time, my name is Jim Shear, and I will see Yins later. Yo, we gonna end it on a one, two, three note. Are you ready? One, two, one, two, three. Ah! Yeah, I think we bring the brew, ha ha. Get your brew, ha ha. Get your brew, ha ha. Get your brew, ha ha.